Church. My name is Adiolu Keme and I'm part of the Community Church in South Rockingham. This morning's reading will be taken from 1 Kings chapter 3 verses 3 to 15. Solomon showed his love for the Lord by walking according to the instructions given him by his father David, except by offered sacrifices and burned incense on the high places. The king went to Gibeon to offer sacrifices, for that was the most important high place, and Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream, and God said, Ask for whatever you want me to give you. Solomon answered, You have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. Now, Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, but I'm only a little child and I do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count a number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this, so God said to him, Since you have asked for this and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have you asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment in administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart, so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. May the Lord bless the reading of his word to us this morning. Amen. Good morning. Um, it's my privilege to be able to bring the message this morning. Um, we are in the middle of a series uh, called Scattered Church. Um, and I just want to say before that, thank you, Ade, for the Bible reading. And we will be coming back to look at Solomon a bit later in what I'm going to say this morning. But as I say, we've been looking through, uh, going through a series called Scattered Church. And we are indebted to Alan Scott and his book, Scattered Servants unleashing the church to bring life to the city. So, so far, we have looked at scattered servants, kingdom authority, kingdom ministry, repositioning the church to reach the lost, everyone, everywhere, every day, stewarding the supernatural was last week when David brought that message to us. And today, I'm going to be speaking about free to dream free to pursue that dream. If you've missed any of these messages and you'd like to catch up, you will find them on our website and on our Facebook page and I believe also on our YouTube page. So last week, David spoke about stewarding the supernatural and I just want to bring this uh, diagram up again. Um, We've been talking about how the church needs to be both gathered and scattered. Gathered, anything that happens on church time and territory is gathered. Everything else that happens outside of church time and territory is scattered. I just want to bring that back into our thinking before I go forward today. So, today we've listened to uh, the story of Solomon's dream. Keep that, if you want to find that in your Bibles, keep that open. We're going to come back to that in a little while. We're looking at free-to-dream, released 
to pursue that dream? What did that mean? Every one of us has dreams or desires of some nature. We may have dreams of travelling the world, uh, maybe owning a new car, uh, having a better mobile phone. I've heard that one. Um, For some people, it's about that dream job or maybe that dream life that they're looking for. Are these the sort of dreams we are talking about here? We have been talking for several weeks now about the kingdom of God and what it means to be kingdom people, followers of Jesus Christ in the world. So our reflections this morning on dreams and desires are rooted in the kingdom of God. Alan Scott um, says a lot of things, obviously, in his book, and there's a couple of quotes here I'd like to start with this morning. He says this, It's more important to empower people to bring life to culture than to enlist people who support church structures. And he goes on to say this, Kingdom culture is full of dreamers. It's the overspill of the Spirit of God in our lives. The Spirit of God releases dreams all over our cities and communities. Do we believe that? Is it something we have even considered? The truth is that God is raising up believers all the time who are moving beyond the needs of the church and begin to dream over their communities. Dreams that can shape our cities and our culture. And I just want to give you one illustration at this point. This illustration can be found in the book, but I just want to relate it to you now. I'm not going to read it, I'm just going to tell you the story. Dave and Emily are a young Christian couple, um, and they're very gifted in many ways. And they decided to move from Dublin to Coleraine in Northern Ireland. They dreamed of making a difference with their lives. So they joined the local vineyard church and were very soon on the staff team because they were so gifted and ministries that they were working with flourished. And yet they had another dream burning within them. And this was their dream. The creation of a space in that community where people who were lost or found could gather. They also had a passion for good coffee. I know a few people who like good coffee and good food, but they had no business experience. Nevertheless, they listened to the desires in their heart and they gave up their position as staff at the church and pursued their dream. They were sent by the church to plant that business and the cafe called Lost and Found became a reality. They deliberately planted their cafe in one of the most dilapidated areas of Coleraine. And it wasn't long before other businesses were attracted by the cafe to come, move into that area and plant their businesses there too. So that cafe changed the atmosphere in the area. And in a a nationwide competition in, in 2017, Lost and Found was declared the best cafe in the whole of Ireland. But they are still dreaming. They have a bigger dream beyond what they've seen God do thus far. And this is what it says on their website. I'd just like to read it to you. 
Lost and Found is a community and family of people who carry a different narrative from the culture around them. Our aim is to fuel the dreams of those around us, to encourage and empower people to live a better story. At the core of Lost and Found is the belief that we all need places of community. And today, more than ever, we want Lost and Found to be a creative space for our community to eat, drink, talk and dream. Now, I know quite a lot of people in community church and I know some of you have been following dreams that the Lord has given you, desires that he's placed on your heart. But for some of us, we've never really given room to our dreams or maybe we have actually stopped dreaming altogether. And I want to have a look at a few reasons why that might be. Sometimes we are discouraged because we had broken dreams already and we've stopped dreaming because of the pain of that discouragement. We're in the middle, as I don't need to tell you, we're in the middle of a pandemic. And I am absolutely sure that the dreams of many people, including people uh, of the Fellowship of Believers, their dreams appear to be shattered right now because of what has happened to many businesses, to many communities across the world. Sometimes life appears to thwart the dreams that the Lord has placed in our hearts and minds. And if that is you today, if you are sitting there thinking, yeah, I had a dream and it fell apart, I believe that God wants you to know he loves you and he's encouraging you Don't drop your dreams. In fact, he may have another dream for you. These words from Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, I just want to bring to you now. Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. God wants to encourage those of us who have stopped dreaming because of discouragement in the past. But another reason is that we are too busy, too busy and exhausted to pursue the dreams that God may have laid on our hearts. For some people, holding down their jobs, maybe they've got more than one job just to keep head above water and they're too exhausted to even think about what God may have laid on their heart. And to you, I believe God wants, and I say this to myself as well, Jesus said this, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. His Father heart is for you. Take time to stop, to sit in his presence, to listen and to allow him to speak his words into your heart. Thirdly, we may distrust our dreams and deny them. We may be afraid that our dreams are somehow sinful or selfish. I've had quoted many times, not to me directly, but I've heard it said many times, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Jeremiah 17 verse 9. 
And when we think about that, it, it seems safer and more faithful to deny the dreams or downsize them, make them smaller than what we think God has said to us. But this is, is living with an old covenant mindset, even though we have new covenant faith. And we can only just get frustrated and, and we, it produces futility and passivity in us because we're afraid somehow that we've got it wrong. And if we're going to get it wrong, I would rather not try. But I just want to bring to us some verses from Ephesians 2. I'm going to paraphrase the first few verses of this chapter and then I'm going to bring us in on verse 4. Ephesians chapter 2 says this, Just like everyone else, we followed the ways of the world, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its thoughts and desires, deserving of God's wrath. See, when we, we're not followers of Jesus, when we're, we're living in the world, then yes, our desires and our thoughts will not be for the kingdom of God because we're living in worldly ways and, and our thoughts and desires follow those ways. But because of his great love for us, verse 4, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. See, when Jesus comes into our lives and takes away those sinful thoughts, he, he makes us anew, he brings us to life and he gives us a new start because we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. This is a verse we've had before at Community Church. I think it was last year we were studying Ephesians, and this verse was very prominent then, and it's come back to be in front of us again. We are God's workmanship, and God has things for us to do. He's given us our lives back. And, and if this morning you're sitting there thinking, oh, actually, I, I'm one of those people who's still in the world. I, I know that I haven't actually committed my life to Jesus Christ. I want to say to you this morning, do you know that Jesus Christ died on the cross so that you could be set free from all your guilt and shame? Do you know that you can become a child of God, made alive in your spirit to live for him? You can accept his offer today. If that's you, seize that moment. Become a child of God. Give your life to him and allow him to cleanse your heart of all that sin is there and all the futility of living that you've felt and know that he loves you and he has a purpose for your life. God wants to lead us beyond ourselves. He has a, a pattern and a plan. And, and that plan is ultimately bringing of all things under heaven and earth, under one head, even Christ. Ephesians 1 verse 10. The dreams that God draws us into, they are creative, they are redemptive, they're expansive and they're generous. Those dreams are courageous dreams and they're not covetous. So if you're a child of God this morning, if you're a believer and follower of Jesus Christ, you can have confidence 
to know that the dreams he places within you are good ones and he wants to bring them to fruition. How do we know what our dreams are? How do we discover what it is that God is saying to us? I'm just going to bring three uh, ways this morning that can uh, help us to know what it is that God wants us to do and what that dream is he has placed in our hearts. And the first one is very, very important. It's that immersion in the presence of God. In prayer and in the word, taking that time to spend with him and learning his heart for us. What is it, Lord, that you want me to do? What is the dream you want to place in my heart? And the second way I would say, and and this is very common, I think a lot of us would say that we have uh, received prophetic words and prophetic insight from other Christians that has helped us as we have sought God for where he wants us to be and what he wants us to do. I'm sure that you sitting there today will be thinking, oh yeah, I remember that person said that to me. That person gave me a picture from God. I read recently, very recently, about Gemma uh, Hunt. Uh, You may know this young lady. She's um, a BBC presenter. And, And she had a prophetic word at Soul Survivor, which is a Christian youth festival. And she was only 16 at the time very young, Um, but she was, this prophecy spoken over her was said that she would be a light in the media. And that pursued, that inspired her to pursue a career in presenting. She put herself in the right place to pursue that dream. So she she went and decided, I'm going to study for that then. I'm going to work towards it. And today, she fronts BBC, uh, CBeebies, Swashbuckle, has done for a number of years now and has appeared in a host of other programmes including Songs of Praise and more recently Treasure Champs on CBeebies. And the interviewer wrote this about Gemma he sa- and she said this, Ultimately, Gemma Hunt is a shining example of how to live out faith in the spotlight. Since her first audition at the BBC, she has been upfront about her Christian convictions and passionate about sharing our hope with those around her. Through that prophetic word, God planted a dream in her heart and Gemma ran with it. She got herself into position. She determined to follow that dream. Prophecy is an invitation into relationship with God. So let's seek God. Lord, what have you got to say to me? Let's ask our fellow brothers and sisters to pray for us and see what it is that God would say. But sometimes, God calls out the dreams that are already within us. And that brings us to Solomon, the reading we had today. Kingdom ideas are often discovered. God looks at what we have in our hearts, not what we have in our hands. And then he partners with us to bring life to our communities. Gemma Hunt has brought life into her community where she works. She is known as a bright light in that place, always willing to speak about Jesus Christ. So let's come back to Solomon. Let's consider um, what happened to him. 
Now, King Solomon reigned as king of Israel from 976 to 930, sorry, 970 BC to 930 BC. And his rule could hardly have begun better. The Lord Jesus, sorry, the Lord God had made a promise to his father, King David, in 1 Chronicles 17. You can find that, verses 11 to 14. And he said to him, that David, when your days are over and you go to be with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, one of your own sons, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for me and I will establish his throne forever. And then we have the reading that uh, Ade brought to us today. The Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And there's some things that I want us to look at concerning this reading. If you have it in front of you, I'm going to be mentioning particular verses. Firstly, notice there was no restriction on what Solomon could ask. Ask what I shall give you, it says in verse 5. Ask what I shall give you. There was no instruction about what he should ask for. There were no boundaries placed on him. There was an invitation for Solomon to discover the desire in his heart and to speak it out. In effect, God was saying, have a look inside, Solomon. What is it that you really desire? God wanted to see what Solomon desired. And he was pleased that Solomon asked for wisdom. He determined to bring to fruition Solomon's desire for goodness. See that in 11, verses 11 and 12. Solomon's dream was not self-preservation or promotion. He didn't want riches. He didn't want honour. But he wanted to serve the nation. See that in verse 9. He wanted to serve. He already knew his one great desire, even in his sleep. Wisdom to govern the people whom God had destined for greatness. He did not dream of giving more. He dreamed of giving more, not of having more. And that's a key thing. He dreamed of giving more, not of having more. Our God wants to do the same for us. He wants us to tell him what we dream of. Without boundaries or instructions, he invites us to share with him the desire of our heart. And when our dreams centre on bringing hope and change to our communities, our nations, our world and the coming of his kingdom, he determines to bring them to fruition. We have a new heart and a new spirit within us. So our desires change to reflect the nature of God and our dreams carry the purposes of God. That's a quote directly from Alan Scott. And I totally agree with that. Jesus lives in our heart and he has written his desires there. So what sort of dreams do you carry? What stirs your heart and brings you alive? Absolutely anything that benefits God's kingdom can be written in our heart. Do you dream about feeding the hungry, bringing water to the thirsty or bringing hope to refugees? 
Do you have a passion to be a doctor or a scientist or an engineer so that you can bring healing, understanding and innovation into God's world? Do you have a heart to end the loneliness that infects our communities for so many? And now, do you know what? That doesn't have to be the whole community. That can be your street. That can be your neighbourhood. Believe me, there are many lonely people in this world and there'll be some on your road. I can guarantee it. But do you have a, a, a dream that you want to end that, that you want to do something about it? Do you want to work for justice for those who have no voice? Is your passion to do all you can to steward the environment well and help your community to be a beautiful place to live in? Do you love to paint, to draw, to create sculpture, to design excellent things to bring beauty to the ugliness around you? Do you want to make music, write music? Do you want to dance? Is dance in your heart? I read a lovely story again in the book and and a young woman came to... Uh, Alan Scott in his church and said I'm a dancer and I really long to dance for God can I dance in the church services and she was quite taken back when he said no you can't but why would you want to do this here inside a building where you can take your love of dance into the world and that young woman created dance schools in her community which spread the love of God. Are you a person of business with a passion to show the world just how much goodness can be generated by a well-run godly business? Do you have a desire to love the neighbours in your street by baking cakes and sharing what you have with them? Do you long to carry the good news of Jesus Christ to those who have not heard it? There's no end to the dreams that God can place in our heart. Wherever we go and whatever we do, we carry the good news to those who do not have it. God has prepared good works in advance for us to do. They're waiting to spring up within us and we are free in him to pursue them. I want to begin to bring this to conclusion. I just want to read an article about a man called Simon Gubo. Um, And the first part deals with the dream that God placed in his heart. Simon Gilbo um, is a missionary to Burundi and over these past um, 25 years, I think nearly, over 164,000 people have come to Christ through his ministry and the Great Lakes Outreach, which he founded in Burundi. When he went there, he was in his 20s and he's now 46. And this is him speaking. I wanted to go to a country that I'd never heard of Jesus, where people really didn't have a clue. So that was my heart's desire. I felt the Lord, I'll say that again, that was my heart's desire. I felt the Lord had called me to Cambodia, but that didn't work out. And then I was still in this good marketing job And this guy tracked me down. I'd never met him before. And he said, I believe God sent me to you. He wants you to go to Burundi and be involved in youth and mission and evangelism. I had been praying, I'll do anything. I'll go anywhere. I don't want security. I just want to be in your will. So I thought, well, either he's a nut job or he has been sent by God. 
So I said to him, all right, thanks, weirdo. I'll think about it. I'll be spiritual. I'll pray about it. I went back to my job. I was in front of the computer and I said to God, if you want me to go to Burundi, that means leaving family, friends, security, career, everything, and going to a place where I might get killed. So give me a radical sign right now in front of the, of the computer. I didn't wait long. A friend called up out of the blue and said, you know anyone who wants to work in Burundi? Boom. That was it. My life direction just swung on that sentence. I think there's some fabulous... Then he wants, uh, this next part is about today. He's come back to this country um, for his children's education and um, he's going to be here for about 10 years. But this is where his heart still is. I think there's some fabulous, hardcore gospel men and women in this country who are busting a gut to be faithful. And, go, and so straight away I want to acknowledge that it is just harder. There's no doubt we're in a post-Christian culture where there's not that same openness at all. There's cynicism. There's a fear. There's scorn. There's distraction. People haven't got the time. They don't want to give the time. So it's just a very different context. And it's talking about living back in the UK after being in Burundi. I think the challenge for me coming back here is I want to model and live in an incarnational spirituality that is humble, to prioritise people over stuff. I was talking to a ministry leader here about the scouts. We have people saying people don't want to go to youth clubs. That's just wrong. There's a waiting list of 50,000 people for the scouts in England right now. Why are there 50,000 kids that can't go to scouts? Because there aren't the leaders. Because we are all watching box sets and sacrificing all our time at the altar of Netflix or Amazon Prime or whatever it is. And I don't want to slip into that. I think that's the challenge. Um, I th and that's the challenge I think people just don't see. It's insidious and it's dangerous. We need to be very awake, very alert. And that's why I feel the need to get out at the crack of dawn because there's a war going on. I've listened to literal bombs falling in Burundi and lots of gunfire. And yet back here in England, I see bombs falling all over the place. They're just different bombs of comfort, relativism and distraction. And if we haven't got eyes to see, then we will get taken out. So ask me again in a year's time, how are you getting on, buddy? What a challenge. Reading his story really uh, affected me. And I hope that it's made all of us think, actually, this is important. The fact that we... God's placed dreams on our heart. He wants to do something with us to change the world, to make a difference. And so we need to pursue those dreams of God. God wanted that young man in Burundi and changed Burundi. What can he do with us? What's the Lord saying to you today? Maybe he's saying, you need to come into my kingdom. You need to accept me as your saviour and Lord. Maybe he's saying to you, begin to dream again. Or maybe it's come to me and rest and I will help you find 
what I have for you to do. But he's saying to all of us, this is a battle. Your city, your community needs you and the dream that you carry. May God bless all of you as you consider his word today. And I pray that he will continue to speak to you during this coming weeks and months. And if at any time you want someone to pray with you um, about something you feel God's placed on your heart or you want someone to come alongside you for prayer um, to discover what it is, then please do make contact with us at the office. Contact me and um, someone will pray with you and help you. May God bless you this morning. I'm going to hand back now to, um, to Benga and he's going to lead us through this last short part of our service.